Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, a podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. So I'd like to go a little bit deeper into the physical sensations we feel when we are approaching a, a situation and how we can better interpret those. You know, uh, years ago, I, I did uh, some anger groups, uh, mostly for guys. And one of the first steps that, that we teach is, can you feel that chemical dump that occurs that tells you you're losing your temper as opposed to thinking through this and making a reasoned objection to something? I mean, I'm not trying to get people to not make reasoned objections, but there's there's something that happens when the chemical dump happens. And now they're this sort of unreasonable guy that's just acting like a jerk and everybody at the party goes, oh, there he is again. And part of it is, are you attuned enough to your body to know when that chemical dump is occurring and how early can you detect it? Are you, are you, can you, for these guys, since they get out of control, they need to detect it early so they can put some steps in place. If you're already sliding down the slide, it's a little late to do some of the stuff that we teach. You're just like, okay, well, we're probably going to just have to go around again and hope for better next time. Um, so one of the things I see happening in dental practice is that people get very set. They're not reading their internal states and they're doing fine 95% of the time. And then there's that 5%, that one patient that's angry or that patient or that, that, that procedure that's not going on or whatever. A screaming kid. It's a screaming, screaming kid. A screaming kid. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and suddenly they find themselves uh, knocked off balance, whether that's uh, with anger or frustration or what, I mean, the, but there's a chemical dump. They're knocked off. My guess is that chemical dump was happening minutes to hours before, but they weren't monitoring that. So it snuck up on them. And so part of the anxiety is I'm, I'm very unaware of myself. So I'm anxious about feelings coming up because I'm not tracking any of this. You know, I have no early warning radar. So by the time, you know, the bombers are over me, I, I'm now I'm just upset and things are, are wrong. Oh, what if I knew things were going wrong earlier? And what if I was sensitive to what was going on in my body as a first line of detection? It's like, wow, I'm, I'm starting to tighten up my neck, starting to tighten up my back muscles. You know, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm holding my breath when I'm, you know, working with patients. You know, what's that about today? Why am I not easy and my muscles are more fluid and my uh, hand to eye is, 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 you know, more spot on? What, what's, what's going on here? 
not oh something's wrong with me and i have to it's like no this is i'm human something's going on in the system here um probably some sort of chemical dump from something that's going on maybe i need to figure out what that is so (laughs) calibrating ourselves to that i think we talked in one of our early episodes about it was something i had just read at the time where there are some people that have no awareness of their internal heartbeat They cannot feel it. And it's a small subset of the population, but that is out there. To me, that is likely somebody that has a harder time <laughs> feeling a chemical dump, uh, noticing even something like perspiration that's yeah. elevated might be a challenge for that person. Yes. All the way up to on the other end of the spectrum, you might be able to tell us more about this somebody that would consider themselves like an empath that they they have much more feeling sensation they um feel all sorts of things might be able to tell the split second that something shifts and can say i feel different now for some reason i need to figure out why and go from there so when we're trying to calibrate yeah those two different professionals have two different problems one is i'm shut down so i need to figure out how to detect what's going on if you're someone that feels a lot then what you need to do is figure out how to separate signal from noise because Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff's going on i mean you know i had nachos for lunch and so those jalapenos are bothering i mean you know is is it is it that or do i need to quit my job i mean i got to make a distinction here um and so I've, I've, if, if I'm, if I'm very into awareness, well, fine. But what's the signal and what's the noise? What's meaningful? What's not? Uh, if, uh, if I'm shut down, then I'm missing the, the noise, but I'm also missing the signal. Uh, so you're bringing us right back to self-awareness and practice. Sure. Yeah, I was working with a um, a very gifted. Uh, technically gifted dentist years ago um and his pro- why he came to me what he wanted to work on was he would find himself just yelling at his team you see he was just furious at them and part of the problem is they were they were surprised they didn't like it but they were also rather surprised because there would just be this one thing that happened and then suddenly he was yelling and he was surprised it's like, I, you know, and I look back and it's like, okay, the lab's going to be an hour late on that. And it's like, and he would just lose it. And then he realized, well, the patient's not coming in for three hours. So it doesn't matter if they're an hour late, but he would still be into it. Well, I started talking to him and we realized that a lot of when that started was at the end of the day before. Hmm. Wow. That, it, that he was. He was unaware that he was soaking up a lot of stuff and that was teeing up something something that was going to happen late the next day when he got a little tired. Hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and once he figured it out, it's like, oh, so this isn't about my team. This isn't even about me. Just, just don't scream at anybody. It's about, wait a minute, when did this start? And can I get more aware 
of this process that begins in me at, at an early enough point that I can breathe or journal or go talk to somebody on the team about something bef before it just starts to hit me. Okay. There's value there then in something you teach in the emotional intelligence workshop about emotions having a life cycle, I think. Um, and good emotions don't last very long. Quote unquote, bad emotions can last quite a while. And so we need to find a way to be aware of those that affect us more strongly so that we can process them. We can increase our emotional metabolism so that we don't run into that kind of problem. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the, the general sense I get from, from the, from the, the, uh, the, the studies. And again, I'm, I'm not into physiology that much, but that the physiological reactions to positive emotions tend to last, you know, four to 24 hours max. Um, but that really negative emotions can go on for 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And if you think about it evolutionarily, you know, uh, if you, if you see a saber toothed tiger outside the cave, um, nature does not want you to go out there for a while. Okay. They don't want you to just, okay, I'm not, I haven't seen him in 10 minutes. I think I'll go out there. No, no, it, it needs you to stay scared of the saber tooth tiger long enough for the situation to change. If you're this sort of, you know, kind of dim-witted humanoid, that's just going to do what they do. Um, well, we still have those brains. So it's like, mm -mm, no, if this is something, if, if I had those particular chemicals in my body, those are going to be slow metabolizing chemicals because I need to still be a little on edge because the saber-toothed tiger or the angry patient, whichever, is might still be around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's apply that then to our situation from earlier in our conversation about <laughs> Mrs. Jones, who is crying in the room. Mm -hmm. We go and interact. That has a, a we, we feel emotional <laughs> afterwards. Okay. So... How can we, what are some tools for us to metabolize that more quickly? How can we process that so that we can move on with our day in a, in a satisfactory or comfortable way more easily? So let me tell you a story. So this goes back, oh, quite a few years now, and I'm in grad school for counseling. And uh, I'm up in, in Eastern Tennessee and fall comes, and it is gorgeous in the way that this Texas boy has never seen. I mean, it is colorful. It is beautiful. The air is crisp, and I want to be out in it. But instead, that weekend, I was stuck inside writing a paper. And, oh, it was it was hard to stay inside. It was really hard to stay inside. I just, like, to heck with this paper. I want, I, I want to go for a hike. Well, I did the first thing that human beings do you know i i, I tried to to make myself afraid well you know if you don't get in this paper in you know it's going to totally blow up blow up this course and you know and uh, you know you have a really struggle to make it you know there's bad things bad things bad things 
that usually would have worked, but yeah, this was such a nice day. That really didn't work. So I tried number two, which is guilting myself. You dragged your family halfway across the country to go to grad school, and now you're going to, you know. But this was such an incredibly beautiful day that even that did not work. So I had to sit there for a moment and say, well, Woodburn, do you want to be a counselor? Or do you not want to be a counselor? Free choice. If you don't, let's pack everybody up and go back to Texas. If you want to be a counselor, then finish the damn paper. And I made a choice. Instead of loading myself with fear or guilt or obligation, also like no, you got a choice. What is your choice? You're gonna live one of these out. What are you gonna do? I made a choice and yeah, I was unhappy with it, but I wasn't weighed down by it. I had exercised my freedom in an important moment. I had reaffirmed my values. I actually felt okay. I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I came out of that without extra burden. Um, now, I did finish the paper quickly, <laughs> managed to get out in a little bit. <laughs> but I, the important thing I learned was how many times I would injure myself to force myself to do things instead of just making a decision and then following through on the decision. You don't have to go in there and work with that crying patient. Nobody, nobody's going to force you to do it. It's your practice. Nobody's going to make you do it. Now, you may decide to do it, and you may decide to do it because it's um, good dentistry or because it's the values of your practice or it's who you are as a human being. I'm all good with that. But it's it's important that you make as free and clear a choice in the moment than you can so you don't inherit all those other negative feelings of like, well, there she is again. I have to go deal with this. Or, you know, what's the staff? What's my team going to think if I don't, you know? Or... Consequences. No, free choice. What's your choice? Make a decision. Get after it. You'll feel better later. Okay. So I, I totally agree with all of that. I think that is a powerful take home message that. You have a choice. That did not answer my question. Ooh, okay. So we make a choice. We mm -hmm. know that this is going to be a challenging conversation, but this is the kind of practice we want to have. We want these people to feel welcome. We want to try to help them. We want to connect with them <laughs> as a human. But, and we accept that we are going to take an emotional toll for that. Consequences. And... So we go in and we do it and we come out, we feel good about doing that, but we also feel heavy because of what we just absorbed and uh, the conversation we had, maybe she just lost her husband, whatever it might be. We, we feel that now we feel an emotion because of that. How, uh, what I'm asking for is tools to now process that. So we don't take that into our next patient. A couple of things. One is emotional boundaries, which in that moment that you've described is about me having 
feelings about her feelings, not having her that patient's feelings. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people get taught that the way to help someone is to have exactly their feelings. She's scared or she's worried how much this is costing and what that was that going to do to her budget or her husband's leaving her or I don't know being able to there's this idea that some people have that I should feel those same feelings in that moment with her well not only is that not good for us I think that's kind of disingenuous because I mean my marriage is fine I can afford my bills this month uh you know if you're a dentist hopefully you're not scared of dentistry I mean it, it just doesn't fit but what if I had my own feelings about what she was going through? What if I felt, you know, I think dentistry can do wonderful things for people, and I would, and 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 I wish she wasn't as as afraid. I wonder if there's a way I could present this so she could see it like I see it. Okay, now notice how I'm not; she's not putting me through anything. I just have feelings about her feelings. I might feel frustration. Okay. Yeah. But it's not her frustration. It's my frustration. It's okay. Number one, don't judge yourself for having a feeling. Um, We're built to have feelings. So, okay. Number two, don't add those other feelings like guilt and fear. I was talking about that just overloads. Now we don't, you know, it's like, I should be doing better with this patient. Now you're doing what you're doing. Okay. The other is to to plug our EI workshop a little bit. You can learn actual skills to deal with those moments. And so that you feel a lot more confident because you know how to do it. Listening skills, some other skills, presentation. Um, You can also uh, realize that instead of feeling bad about that moment, you can also see it as an opportunity to live out your values. And there's some real satisfaction in having done that for a few moments. So there are some things you can get out of that 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 help you. One is not being dragged into it, kicking and screaming into her feelings. No, you're having your feelings, not hers. And the other is, you know, it's a moment to act out your values that later in the day feels pretty good. Yeah, I think those sound <laughs> like good mental and emotional uh, reinforcements that can be helpful for us in those times. I want to add on a physical thing, a simple one minute breathing exercise can help to, I don't know if process is the right word, but it can help you to calm your physiology Mm -hmm. at least. Uh, so that can also be a quick help after an emotional experience that you have. Um, I've found that helpful after the crying, crying kid, the screaming, crying mm-hmm. kid. When I've noticed that that uh, chemical dump that you've talked about, and I find myself not being able to have a reasonable conversation with the parent. And so I have to leave. And then 
there's potential for me to then have that spill over onto the next patient and possibly the patient after that, if I'm not careful. So there's a, a real need to, I found a need for myself to have to have a tool to be able to calm that so that patients didn't experience it after. And I only really recognized that. I thought I hit it pretty well until a patient made a comment to the assistant after I left the room saying, oh, he seemed irritated today. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the assistant came and told me, thankfully. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, wow, I guess that wasn't as hidden as I thought it was. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that we're, that we're coming up with, which is wonderful, is that there are three things you build on. One is the foundational piece of learn, learn some grounding and relaxation things that you can do quickly with breathing or just loosening up your muscles. Or if you need to, you know, take a break, walk out, walk back in. Um, but the foundation is, okay, my, my body is okay. Then there's the emotional piece, which like I was talking about is I'm living out my values. I feel positive about what I'm doing. Uh, I'm dedicated to doing this. So I'm, 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 I'm living the life I'm trying to live. And then there's an intellectual piece to be aware of what you're telling yourself about the situation. Back in the 60s, uh, they came up with a, with, a, with a kind of a trite phrase, but it is so important. The idea about negative self-talk that we can talk ourselves into seeing a situation in an extremely negative or hurtful fashion. Well, there's Miss So-and-so again, another crying patient. Why does this have to happen to me? This is such a busy day. This is going to totally screw this up. Okay, now, I can run that through my head and take all the slack out of my emotional set. Or I can say, yeah, okay, this is inconvenient for me. I, I can do some things to fix it. What are my values here? What am I trying to do? Okay, I can run those tapes instead. So knowing what, what you run in your head, because that really reframes it. Um, it doesn't change a bad situation into a good situation. But luckily, most of the situations I encounter in my life are neither bad nor good. They're somewhere in the middle, and a little nudge pushes them one side or the other. Look around, bro. Look at life. How's that for another episode in the books? More good discussion, more tips and tricks for how you can develop your self-awareness and then manage it. Come on, come on, move, Hope you enjoyed it. Listen in next week. <laughs> <laughs>